0: This episode of the What If Podcast is brought to you in part by Button Poetry, where poetry isn't dead. As the premier place online for live performance videos of spoken word and slam poetry, Button Poetry won't bore you like your high school English textbooks did. Find real stories you'll want to listen to and art you'll actually care about by visiting them today at ButtonPoetry.com.
1: Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperrude.
0: What if podcast. <laughs> 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 here we are
1: everybody. Has, hey, <laughs> hey. Lighthouses and boats and oceans and stuff. Oh man, if you didn't love us now.
0: Did we determine what this episode is called? Sure didn't. Uh, what if you fell in the ocean?
1: What uh, if what if you worked in a lighthouse? What if you got taken by the Las in
0: that too I don't know, we'll call it something by the time it goes up tomorrow Yeah,
1: we realize that you guys don't really care about what we call these Uh, It probably don't matter And we'll probably arrive at it at some point in the show But we're talking about the the Flannan Isles Lighthouse Or the Elian Moor Lighthouse Did you know that they also call those islands the Seven Hunters? Yeah That's creepy, why do they call islands Hunters? Because there's a lot of weird folklore in Scotland Especially in the parts of scotland where no one really lives are they like are they like autonomous islands that grow legs and swim places and hunt down other things maybe 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 can't prove they're
0: not can't prove- <laughs> 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 burden of proofs on you yeah scotland it's eileen uh, moore so we're talking about the the flannan islands which are uh, part of the outer hebrides it's a archipel archipelago Arch- this word came up on the podcast Dude, I can't another do it. time i can't do it archipelago there we go that one arpeggio islands arpeggio. to the northwest of mainland scotland scotland and they're they're way way the hell out there they are like 80 miles northwest of mainland scotland and there's seven islands Eileen Moore is the
1: largest of the seven at about 40 acres, so it's still real small. I'm going to keep, Spencer's going to call it Eileen because that's probably how it's pronounced. And I don't I'm, actually know. And I'm going to keep calling it Eileen so I can make, make come on Eileen jokes over and over again. Sounds like a party. Come on Eileen. All right, go ahead. That wasn't a joke. Well, you just said part of the song. <laughs> it was just going to be like uh, like a punctuation mark for all of the story. I can't wait. <laughs> This,
0: this The Scottish
1: don't know how to pronounce their words either, so yeah. I don't
0: feel too bad about right. fucking them up.
1: Because even if I said it right in quotes, if you heard them say it on a YouTube video, which you can go do, you're like, that. there's no way that word equates to that. No, they, it's not English. Hey, we only have a few of you listeners in Scotland, but we're not making fun of your language. We love you. I went there once and tried to talk to people, and it was fucking difficult. You went to Scotland? Oh, you did go to I did. Scotland. I know yeah. that. Yeah. Um,
0: I spent a couple hours in a bar with where I was the only non Scottish dude and there were like five regulars and I think they just roasted me for like an hour and a half, but I really am
1: still not sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, are they complimenting me or making fun of me? They probably were just enjoying the fact that you didn't know either way. (laughs) Yes, very much so. All right. It's very, very far North and I didn't realize
0: this until I broke out a map yesterday Broke out a map, like well, a physical no, map. no, like a Google. I broke out the Googles. It's fifty-eight degrees north latitude. Okay, Just way the fuck up there. That's similar to Juneau, Alaska, or Oslo, Norway. Oh damn.
1: Yeah. Why like, did they even need a lighthouse up there anyway? It was a
0: it was a route. So to get from the, like the east coast of the U.S. into Scotland, you would go up. And, and around. Over. Uh, I so they would to... follow the, the northwest coast around to the ports on the eastern side. Got it. They're the f- furthest west part of Scotland. So the only thing to the west of these islands is the North Atlantic Ocean for thousands of miles. Mm, scary. Well, which means that they get tons and tons of weather because they're super far north. And there's no land west of them to break any of that weather. So they're just in the middle of bullshit all they the time. They get the full brunt of everything coming across the North Atlantic. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are. There was a lighthouse built on Elian Moore in 1899.
1: Yeah, I think they said the process took from like 1895 to 1899 it was mm-hmm. finished.
0: And they actually built really cute little railroad tracks on the island to move stuff up up and down it.
1: Oh, uh-huh. that's smart. Because you got built the lighthouse at the, the highest point, obviously. When the guys were, like, super bored, did they give each other choo-choo rides? <laughs> sure. You just, like, sit in a little <laughs> cart and you have your buddy give you, like, a choo-choo ride up the mountain. I don't know what giving someone a
0: choo-choo ride means. You know, like, but...
1: pretend you're on a real train, but just, like, you know, woo. <laughs> I mean come on dude these dudes are bored as fuck out here. There's they're 80 uh, miles away from mainland
0: Scotland. The lighthouse opened in or became operational in 1900. Okay. And there the the time period that we're really concerned with is December of 1900. Right. There were three lightkeepers on the island. James Ducat was the primary principal principal lightkeeper. Dude, lightkeeper is a super tight drop, isn't I it?
1: <laughs> I am the keeper of the light.
0: <laughs> the assistant lightkeeper was Thomas Marshall, and then they had a super assistant named Donald MacArthur. So Donald. There, there were three guys on this island and they would work in two week shifts. So they'd be on the island working around the clock for two weeks, and then they would switch out with another set of lightkeepers.
1: Wasn't it only one dude at a time though? That would switch out? Yeah. I thought it was one dude would come in, and then so you'd be there for a total of six weeks because you'd be. Oh right, but those three be guys one would two work week shift each time that got yes. swapped out. Yes. Okay, so total over eight weeks, you'd work six weeks. Yeah, six on, two off, and then you'd replace somebody else, and the
0: same crew of three would work together for two weeks before one of them would be was cycled out. Yeah, dude, that's such an intense lifestyle. Yeah, and, well, they had to work 24 hours a day also because it's 1900. Nothing about the lighthouse is automated. It's basically a giant wick surrounded by mirrors. (laughs) Uh, Seriously, that is literally what they were working with. I
1: know that it's, like, it's 1900, and I shouldn't be surprised that that, in in fact, is the technology being used, but it just sounds like... So boorish and retro a, to be like, we made a big candle. And yes, it's a huge lantern to be brighter. It's a lantern. So we put some foil around it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, they used glass at least. It but... was industrial foil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a lantern that you can see for twenty miles. That's so crazy. So they had to maintain the wick. They had to keep it fueled. They had to also make sure that it <sighs> rotated at a constant speed. Because the way that ships would identify which lighthouse they were looking at was by its rotational speed. Whoa! Yeah. So a specific—that's heavy pressure. A specific lighthouse, and that was their their main responsibility was to make sure that it kept its constant rotation rotational speed.
1: How did it rotate though? Uh,
0: levers and pulleys and gears and such. It was like clockwork. Basically, it was oh. all mechanized.
1: Oh, so, okay. so they had to like wind the wind clock
0: something? Yeah.
1: I also read at one point that they had a horse or multiple horses on the island because they got I'd, lifted I'd, up to the platform. Part I'd of me wondered I'd if it was that. like a, you know how they used to have those like horse pulled mechanisms where like when the horse moves, mm. it turned like I don't a grain think elevator. That was the case or something. Here. Okay,
0: the lighthouse would have to rotate at say twenty revolutions per minute because a ship could look and see that it's rotating at that speed, and then they would have a chart that would re- that would correlate. The rotational speed to which lighthouse it was. So they could use it as like a positioning mechanism, basically. Yeah, so you know which lighthouse and therefore which island or landmass you're looking at. Right. So that was their main job. They would work, and because of that, they had to do it 24 hours a day. So they would work in four-hour on, eight-hour off shifts and relieve each other. Got it. The primary lightkeeper would be up there for four hours. The other guy would be sleeping. He'd come relieve him. He'd go sleep. And they just constantly, over 24 hours, they would each work two shifts. Were they running it during the day, too? I suppose you'd have to, right, for, like, distance? I don't think it was lit during the day, but I think there was work that still needed to be done. It was lit.
1: (laughs) It was so lit during the day. It doesn't sound
0: like this existence would be lit at all, actually. Dude, I, it would be f- pretty miserable. But That's
1: why they're doing choo-choo rides, man. You need a little bit of life <laughs> in your life.
0: <laughs> it sounds like something terrible.
1: <laughs> it sounds something dirty.
0: Yeah, two well, dudes giving each other choo-choo rides. I hey, don't, man,
1: six weeks up there. Probably, but um, yeah,
0: they, I don't think they, I don't think they lit the wick during the day. But you have to do maintenance, and there was other work to be done. And yeah, then one I'm sure of the guys, gotta, if
1: that's all mechanics, I bet you got to grease all that stuff and make sure that everything's like yeah, fuel things. Order, right. You gotta, yeah.
0: They they also had to cook every day for themselves, yeah. obviously, because yeah. they were the only, they were literally the only three people on this forty acre island.
1: They had, um, I heard they had their own sheeps, so that because otherwise they would that's what they ate for food they like had eight to ten of their own sheeps and they had like sheep's milk and sheep. i don't think it's sheeps i think it's sheep sheepses i think it's sheepses mm-hmm. sheepses sheep. how many zizzes is zero it's just uh, sheep <laughs> <laughs> but no i think they had like eight sheep up there they said and they would use them really? for yeah they would like i kill, never saw that they'd kill one every once in a while they'd e- eat them they'd use them because otherwise how are you gonna keep meat up there you know they well, couldn't you, get fresh ice and stuff like that, so they couldn't have a real ice box. Yeah, you, you smoke it or salt it or something for sure. But yeah, I just heard every once in a while huh. when they would rotate shifts, they would bring part of their goods. Would be they'd bring like an, a livestock animal. So, I, one of the it seems ones like I like a lot of
0: work to keep track of them and
1: stuff, though. Yeah, I mean maybe, but at the same time, if they got a ton of t- time during the day to like keep them alive and shit, maybe they have Why a little not pen. Do some shepherding. Yeah, sh- shepherd. Shepherd Hobby. Sure. They even said that they had some chickens up there, too, with them. It was like a little mini. Who? Where did you find that? I can't remember what article I was reading, but it was one of the articles I found. Okay. So,
0: yeah, we have three guys working in, for weeks at a time, all alone, on a 40-acre island, way the fuck up north, in the middle of the winter. In
1: December. Yeah. Dude, that's a lifestyle I just genuinely cannot imagine.
0: The first indication that anything was amiss...
1: Oh, spoiler alert, guys. This goes real bad. <laughs> yeah. We didn't oh. tell you that so far, but this goes real poorly. Actually, real quick before we get to that.
0: Yes. The islands have a very long history and a lot of folklore and myths and legends associated with them, partially because they're so isolated from everything else. Sure. But they've also never been consistently inhabited. Oh, right. During during this time that we're talking about 1900 no one actually lived on the islands or at least on Ilion Moore. but there are there is a history of people living there on and off that goes back at least 5000 years damn and there's actually a stone circle on one of the islands oh. called the Callanish Stones there's a henge oh. that was no way dude it, i didn't know this yeah that's estimated to be about 5000 years old
1: oh, tight <laughs> That was some Viking shit, huh? Mm, No,
0: I don't think so. Although the Vikings did uh, briefly inhabit some of the islands. Damn. Yeah. All right. Should we get to where things start going poorly? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It's December 15th. There's this ship called the Archster that is sailing around the northern tip of Scotland into port in Leith, which I think is Edinburgh? I think I believe you. They were headed from Philadelphia to the east coast of Scotland and they okay. were going around the north northern tip of Scotland. And it they, was a
1: steamer I read. Like sure, old school steamship. Sweet. And they passed within about 5 miles of the Flannan Islands but had no intention of Yeah, they wouldn't have
0: had a Yeah, okay, they're going around. Sorry. Right. Yeah, they they weren't intending to stop there, but they passed, you know, they were following the coast and they passed within about 5 miles of the islands. However, they did not See the lighthouse or Word. it was not lit on December 15th. And then a few days later, when they arrived in port, they reported this that they passed,
1: they thought within about five miles of the island, but couldn't see the lighthouse. I wonder when that happens if the initial thought is like a bad one. Like if it's immediately like, this is a pretty dependable thing, we try to make it a pretty dependable thing if it's not on like maybe that's a problem.
0: I would assume so and I think they were also obligated to report it probably for that reason right. because either something bad has happened to the lightkeepers or eventually something bad is going to happen to a, a ship. Boat, right. Yeah. They also the so the Northern Lighthouse Board oversaw the operation of all lighthouses in Scotland and the UK, and this organization
1: actually started in 1786. Whoa. Yeah. Are they like the Masons, but like for lighthouses? Maybe. They got secret items hidden in all the basements of their lighthouses. (laughs) Yes.
0: Well, we might get to some weird (laughs) shit like that later. (laughs) They, on one of the other islands, they paid a guy named Roderick McKenzie. They paid him, I think it was eight bucks, well, eight dollars, eight pounds a year eight pounds a year to keep an eye on the lighthouse and they gave him a telescope. So his job was to look at the lighthouse occasionally and report any malfunctions or if they were sent any signals during the day, because they didn't have a radio or anything on the Island. The guys were totally isolated. So their only way to communicate with the outside world was their lighthouse. And I guess they had different.
1: Wait, it's 1900 dude. Yeah, but I'm just imagining the moment you get off the boat to yes. get onto the island, and then the boat goes away. Yes. And you're like, gee, I hope that boat comes back. Otherwise, we're here forever. Yeah. Or not forever, because we'll totally run out of food and die. For a, a month or two, <laughs> yeah. 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 Ugh, that that like totally it was- makes it feel way more isolating and gross that you can't... I mean, I suppose when you say looking for a signal, what that probably means is like, did they light the wick and flash an SOS signal right. like during the daytime to try to get someone's attention? His, his main job was actually to to keep an eye out during the day
0: in case of a situation like that, that, that they need to communicate would, yeah. something with the outside world. But yeah, it is crazy to think about. You have you have no no backup in terms of rations. Right. They right. had to collect water and store it on site. You got to do all any medical, anything you've just got to do yourself. Ugh. Um, Somebody falls down and breaks a leg, and you're like, you got to wait at least a week probably for anybody to get there. <laughs> so, Roderick, starting on December 16th, didn't see the light for several days. However, he didn't report it because the weather was so
1: bad that he thought he probably wouldn't have been able to see it. Like it just would have been too far away. He was... Or not too far away, but like too much in between him and how far it was.
0: Yeah, the visibility wouldn't have been good enough for him to see the lighthouse. I don't know how far away he was, but he was on
1: a separate island, so not but, And it was close. another one of the seven islands? Yes. Okay. Yep. One of the actually inhabited ones? Yeah. Or so partially he, inhabited, I guess?
0: He reported later that he went several days without seeing the light. Right. And I guess there are weather records or at least weather estimates from back then.
1: Yeah, I was seeing some of this too, which is kind of fascinating that they can even remotely do that. But and I'm not sure if it's if it's an actual record or if there are... Reverse projections or something. Yeah, if
0: you can simulate based on what we do know of other dates and times and locations, if you can run it
1: backwards to try and figure yeah. out what it likely would have been. But I would imagine too there's also probably some like historical document like journal entries I would think and, by 1900 someone's keeping track of the weather somewhere yeah although even a place like that as remote it is, as it is like how reliable can that be when you're 80 miles away from mainland and all that stuff you know like it might be hard to project even how bad it could have been sure
0: but according to those records or projections I'm not sure which it is there was somewhere between Fresh gale and strong gale winds. Uh, do you so have level, a- level 8 and 9 gale winds on December 15th and 16th. How high does that scale go? Well, that means that there was a steady or more or less constant wind of between 45 and 55 miles an hour. Yeah. Damn! And, and that gusts would have been much higher than that. So it's just below... Storm gale force winds, which I think is, a, I think it's a one to 10 scale.
1: So eights and nines, we're batting high. Yeah. Batting real high. And it's also the middle of December, so it's
0: cold, cold and balls. shitty and yeah. rainy and snowy. And, Yuck. Yeah.
1: Dude, you'd have to pay me so much goddamn money to do this job. Between Mackenzie,
0: I think he eventually, after several days, radioed to the lighthouse board saying, I haven't seen anything. Yuck, the weather, got the candle out. The weather cleared up. I still don't see anything. And then also uh, the archer getting in the port and saying, hey, we went by the lighthouse, didn't see it on. But it takes 10 days for anyone to actually get out there. And it wasn't actually because of either of those reports. Joseph Moore, who was scheduled to take over one of the, I'm not sure which of the lightkeepers keepers, but one of their shifts arrives on December 26th. Okay. So 10 days after the archer passed and that... Uh, Mackenzie first, the first time Mackenzie didn't see the light on.
1: Okay. Ten Sweet. days
0: later, their reserves show up and they, the first thing they noticed is that no one was there to meet them, which was standard that you would come down and uh, greet the arriving ship. And they sounded their horn. They lit some sort of flare to let them know that they were coming in and there was no response. So more, he was, he was on the ship. As a passenger and this ship was going elsewhere. He was, he was not the primary reason for this, for this voyage. So they just drop him off and he goes up to the, to the quarters and finds that none of the three men are there. The kitchen door was open, but the main door and the gate around the, the quarters, the one structure on the Island were both closed. He lets himself in. None of the guys are there. Their beds are all made. The kitchen had been cleaned. All the dishes had been done. Everything was put away. Everything was as it should have been. And he goes to look at the logbook because they kept a a logbook of, I think, three times a day of everything that was like every shift change. They wrote down what had happened in the previous one. The logbook had been filled out up until or through the morning of December 15th. And in the logbook, there was nothing unusual. Everything was as it should have been. He also noticed that Two of the three sets of rain gear, like waterproof gear, were missing. But the third one was hanging on a hook inside the quarters. So Moore's freaked out. Yeah, because there's (laughs) supposed to be dudes there. (laughs) There's supposed to be three guys there. Three of them. There are none. And there's no obvious explanation for what has happened. Moore goes back down to the ship and he gets two guys from the crew to come search the island with him.
1: Oh, so they didn't leave him.
0: No, they were they were going to, or they were supposed to. They were supposed to just be dropping him off. Right. Because shit was so weird, they stuck around to at least... Like, let me go
1: check on why no one came to meet me kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Dude, everybody on that boat is going... Those dudes murdered each other or themselves. <laughs> but there's or... there's no sign of
0: anything. Everything is put away. Everything is neat and tidy. No, there's I just no... mean like
1: if you're on the boat and and you're about to drop a dude off and no oh, one's when, there to meet right them, you you're up, like, oh, yeah. okay, so, so, well, we're,
0: so we're all dead now. <laughs> something bad has obviously happened. For real, for real. Moore goes back down to the ship and gets two of the guys from the crew to come search the island with them to see if they can find any indication of or see if they can, A, find the guys. And B find any indication of what might have happened to him? They just went for a jog. They were feeling really cooped up. The other thing, it's a it's a forty acre island, so they searched the whole island within a couple of hours. It's not a and there's nothing on it, right? You're looking at grass rocks and rocks, grass, yeah. yeah. And they couldn't find anything. The closest thing to uh, anything being out of place was that there were two landings on the island, mm-hmm. an east and a west. On the west landing, some stuff had been kind of messed up. There was a box of ropes and fishing tackle and gear and stuff that had been washed away, and some of the contents were strewn about. And then also some of the railings near the landing had been bent or ripped out of their foundations. Damn. And two of the railings were completely missing. Damn. So there had obviously been bad weather, which they already knew, but they knew now that it had affected or a
1: very big sea monster yes yes that eats railings and we're not that far from Loch Ness (laughs) yeah maybe there's a
0: maybe there's some underground underwater passage from Loch Ness to the ocean I saw a reference to that too I thought that was funny more than immediately telegrams back to the lighthouse board saying oh they uh, had a telegram no,
1: they had to go not from the from the island. Oh, I see. They had to go down to the ship and have them do it. Yeah, got it.
0: He reports back to the lighthouse board saying, "Hey, I showed up for my shift. Everybody's missing. <laughs> no one's here. I don't know why. Uh, what should I do?" And Robert Meerhead, who was the head of the, he was the superintendent of the lighthouse board. His first response is, "Well, somebody's got to run that lighthouse." So you get to stay there and run it by yourself until we can get somebody else out there. Fucking, I would rather die. So for, I think it was three or four days, he was, uh Joseph Moore was out there by himself running the whole show until they could get reserve, reserve guys out there. Knowing
1: that the three dudes yes. he was there to replace <laughs> were mysteriously disappeared yep. upon his arrival. Yes. Well,
0: yeah, prior to, but yeah.
1: Dude. Would anything be more scary than that? It would
0: be pretty miserable, man. (laughs) It's the middle of winter. It's probably dark as hell. It's cold. You're literally the only person on an island with no way of communicating with the outside world, knowing that the last three guys who did that now are no longer.
1: Oh, God. So Yuck. Yeah,
0: he files a report on December 28th uh, saying basically what I laid out, that nothing seemed out of place. They had obviously been gone for several days prior to him being there because the fire had not been lit in a few days. The clock had stopped, meaning it hadn't, hadn't been wound, wound in a long time. Sure. And that there was no apparent reason for anyone to be missing. Yeah, it was not like dead bodies in the yard or fucking... And not even, I mean, not a thing out of place. There, right. there are a couple... Later reports that say there was food on the table, that a chair had been knocked over, some more dramatic findings. Those were actually added later in a sort of Pulp Fiction newspaper article about the incident. Mm. In the initial reports, it just says everything looked totally fine, except there was no one here. Except no dudes. No light
1: keepers.
0: Three days after Moore gets there,
1: Robert Meerhead shows up. He's the head of the Northern Lighthouse Board. To I imagine a dude whose entire job is the superintendent of lighthouses being like the most peg-legged, big-bearded, corn cob pipe sailor dude ever. <laughs> like, I don't know. I a, think wearing he- a Scottish kilt just out there, like patch over his eye, like where's the dead men?
0: <laughs> Stop with the
1: Scottish accents, bro. That was just a pirate accent, <laughs> well, actually. Okay. That was just a bad pirate. Stop accent. Stop with the
0: accents. <laughs> he shows up three days after Moore, have to find out, try and figure out what had happened, and have to help Moore keep things running because it's a 24-hour job, and he's been on his own for a couple days.
1: Yeah, probably not even successfully doing it all 24 hours. I mean, I can imagine you would be...
0: And I don't know how quickly they were able to get other help out there because MacArthur was already filling in for someone. So one of the three men was already a reserve. They were down one guy already cuz they they would the lightkeepers would rotate amongst different lighthouses so that you wouldn't uh, go crazy living on one 40-acre island for your entire life. Right, right. Muirhead gets out there on the 29th and he determines that the men must have disappeared sometime in the afternoon of December 15th cuz otherwise they would have filled the logbook out. So the well the logbook had been filled out for the morning of the 15th. Right. And then they have two reports by the evening of the fifteenth saying that the light was out. So sometime between like ten a.m. when they filled out the log and by sundown, yep, they had disappeared. He also described that there was damage at the west landing. Right. The same. The same thing that Moore described: the, the box being missing, the uh, railings being bent and torn up. He did say, however, that there was no evidence that the men had been working at this site, meaning that they hadn't moved anything. There was no evidence that the the guys had been at that site trying to secure anything, move mm. anything working at that point. He did say that there was an area about forty feet oh, so the that landing, seventy feet from the sea. Yep. Or seventy feet up basically.
1: The west landing. Yeah. Where all the boxes and shit are.
0: Yep. Meerhead said that about forty feet up from there, there was a like an overhang or a crevice. Yeah. Under a, a big boulder that some of some ropes and supplies had been tucked underneath. And he was assuming that the guys had grabbed some stuff from maybe further down and put it under this in this crevice further up so it wouldn't get swept out. Got it. He came to the conclusion, and I'm just going to read directly from his report for a minute. He said, quote, after a careful examination of the place, the railings, ropes, etc., and weighing all the evidence which I could secure, I'm of the opinion that the most likely explanation of the disappearance of the men is that they had all gone down on the afternoon of Saturday the 15th to the proximity of the West Landing in order to secure the box with the rope, and that an unexpectedly large wave had come up on the island and a large body of water going up higher than where they were and coming down upon them swept them away with resistless force. Which seems to contra- contradict what he
1: just said. That that they weren't working down there. Yeah. and Resistless that, force is a pretty intense phrase. Right. So his
0: official explanation is that they were in the area of the landing, which is about 70 feet high, that a wave more than that came up over them and then washed down the side of the the rock face, taking them with it, which contradicts two things uh, that he had just said previously that they were weren't working at that landing site. Right. And that the items that they had moved further up from that landing site were still there and were safe. Right. He also said, I've considered and discussed the possibility of the men being blown away by the wind but as the wind was westernly, I am of the opinion that the more likely explanation is that they have been washed away. Had the wind caught them, it would have blown them back up the island, and I feel certain that they would have managed to throw themselves down before they reached the summit of the island. So
1: he was. Oh shit! That's crazy. As in, the wind <laughs> is strong enough to carry you off the top of the island if yeah. you get up there.
0: Yikes! If you think about a hundred hundred mile an hour wind, yeah, that's true. That's gonna move you. Ugh. But he was saying it was blowing back into the rock face rather than out into the ocean. Sure. So had they been picked up by the wind, it would have just pressed them up against the, the side of the island. Right. Or right. pushed them up further up the island. Right. That's the official report that was submitted to the Northern Lighthouse Board. Right. That is by all official records, what happened to the three guys.
1: And has never been corrected or amended or adjusted. Mm, no. Okay, I think this would be a
0: good time to take a quick break.
1: All right, because we got some shit to talk about. Yeah, because I have some beef with that explanation. I have an aggressive amount of beef with
0: that <laughs> explanation. <laughs> and other people have suggested a, a wide range of uh, other possible explanations. So I would say an extremely wide range <laughs> of, of possibilities. So we're gonna get uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll get back
1: into some possible explanations. This episode of the What If Podcast is brought to you in part by Button Poetry. Check them out right now by visiting buttonpoetry.com. Button Poetry is nothing like the traditional poetry you heard in high school, and they're certainly not the same old boring dead guys that are going to put you to sleep button poetry features poets of all ages races sexual orientations and backgrounds and as a poetry press and an online destination for spoken word and slam poetry videos button poetry publishes poetry that moves people they believe that real current stories and real current voices are more necessary now than ever you know everyone says changing the world with art is impossible but at button poetry they're sure going to try so check out everything they have to offer there's books there's videos there's commentary there's learning there's education there's so much stuff uh that you can get by checking them out at buttonpoetry.com today you will fall in love with poetry all over again or maybe for the very first time here come that bullshit. Uh oh. Oh man, Scotland. They're so stop, bro, dude. <laughs> it feels good. Just try it one time. No, no, I won't. You guys, Spencer. It feels bad, it. man. Tweet at Spencer <laughs> just try a Scottish accent. Uh oh. Um, so many uh oh's. Yeah, man. We but but we are back in Scotland, where we're wondering what in the hell happened. I'm spooked as heck. I am spooked as heck. It would be legit, I think, going onto an empty, or going onto an island, like being, was it Moore? Yeah, Joseph Moore. Yeah. That would be the maybe literally the spookiest thing that could ever happen to you. Yeah, yeah. I I can't.
0: Hey, guys. All
1: right. Donald. Let's try and figure
0: out what happened because my uh, curiosity is killing me, just like a cat would be killed
1: by the curiosity. Yeah,
0: try to make up for lost time. I got I got carried away and didn't play any sounds <laughs> in the first so half the
1: story. We we had no drops. All right, let me. Can I say my first problem?
0: Yeah, let's. Can we agree to start with the more uh, specific beefs with the story, and then just let's not start with like sea monsters and alien abductions and little people. Well, Deal? we'll get there. Okay. We're going to get there.
1: Guys. But let's start with the more, uh, you I, know, I won't even tangible. I won't even throw out a theory right now. I'll just tell you my beefs with that, with that story. Great. Number one, as far as I could read the, like the, the one rule, the one rule mm-hmm. in any lighthouse ever is somebody stays in the lighthouse. Yes. Like. It's not like, it's not like a rule where it's like, ah that's the rule guys, but we break it occasionally. It's like the diehard set in stone, no, for no reason at all whatsoever. Will this ever be broken? Right. Especially because of the exact reason in this story, which is that if all three dudes go missing and you have steamers carrying hundreds, maybe in the bigger cases, a thousand ish people, Across the ocean, a thousand people are gonna die because you yeah. didn't do the one rule, which is stay in the fucking thing. Because one guy can run it, it sucks, but one guy can run it. Yeah, at least for a while until you gotta sleep and right. stuff. Yeah. Until until guy number two comes and you go, dude, problems. Right. Um so so for me, the fact that all three of them went missing, especially as the guy who heads up lighthouses across that whole area. The fact that he didn't even go, yeah, it was a little weird that like one of them didn't or that one of them, uh, one of them chose to leave the lighthouse. Well, maybe while the other two were already out of it or do we know that all
0: that whatever happened happened to all three of them at the same time? We don't. So initially
1: maybe somebody could have been behind, right? Right but i but i guess my i i guess you'd still be breaking the rule if you're like those dudes those two dudes didn't come back
0: right i think most people would maybe make an exception if yeah. it's a matter of life and death or if it's a matter of known death if you if you saw something happen to the say i don't know somebody was in the lighthouse and the other two guys got washed away yeah maybe you'd go out and try and help or something i don't know yeah, I mean, def- it still
1: doesn't really explain then how that third person disappeared. I guess right because that because that like you said, the incident that happened to the first two that maybe put them in jeopardy wouldn't ha- then have necessarily happened to the other dude.
0: Similarly, I have an issue with the fact that one of them left their right. their rain gear or their. Weatherproof gear they in call, the house.
1: They call it oil skins, and I think it's actually because they do apply an oil to, like, an animal leather, like a hide. Yeah. It's well, there, like, there wasn't plastic and right. stuff. But it's, like, the most waterproof thing yeah. you got. Yeah. But, yeah, to your point, like, why was there one of those found? So somebody ran out
0: in a storm in the North Atlantic in the middle of December without a jacket or any gear on. Right. Which— me to me is, if we're if we're assuming
1: that this way of carrying them away thing is is what really happened I mean right and I think too you wouldn't have been down there helping in the first place with your rain gear on because I guess the thought would be that dude number three is not leaving the lighthouse or his intention is to not leave the lighthouse while the other two dudes go do some other shit yes but then if he is in a position where he feels like he needs to leave and go help those dudes how long does it take you to throw on a raincoat like, you know you're about to go s- try to save some dudes from a rainstorm. I don't know. I just don't—I don't see a guy going out to save somebody from a rainstorm being like, nah, I don't need the one thing that's going to protect me and make it a little easier for me to accomplish that goal.
0: My third issue
1: is that the largest
0: wave ever recorded is 62 feet.
1: Really? Even, like, the big, yeah. like, monsoony, hurricane well, super waves?
0: So this is coming from— bbc.com earlier, or sorry, December of 2016, so less than a year ago, a 62.3 foot wave happened between Iceland and the United Kingdom off the Outer Hebrides. Whoa. So it is the area that the largest ever recorded wave happened, but it was 62 feet. Right. meerhead's explanation requires that it got to 110
1: yeah, or at least if they were at the lower landing getting more shit at seventy feet. But he also said they weren't. <laughs> well, right. He said he said they made it to the top point. So if we go if we if we allow for the reasoning is they brought stuff up to the hundred and ten foot mark, they went back down below the landing to get stuff that was going away. Then a wave eight feet higher than the highest ever recorded wave swept them all away. Swept them away to their deaths, all three of them at the same time, because the third guy was there too and decided that he didn't need his rain gear in that storm. There is
0: one exception to that 62-foot wave. That's the highest ever recorded by a buoy. So, okay. So basically they have buoys out in the ocean that can they can record how high they rise or fall relative sure. to their, their base level. And that's considered more exact than a ship recording a wave. Okay. There was a 95 foot wave spotted by a ship in 2002 in the same area in the North Atlantic off the coast of Iceland. Okay. But I think that's more of an estimate. It's yeah. Not, if it can't spotted be it. scientifically validated. But still, hey. that's if again, if we're going with meerhead's explanation, that's still 15 feet. Shorter than it would have needed to be, and we're banking on the fact that these dudes lost the wave lottery. Well, that th- we're banking on the fact that something that has literally never
1: happened before happened, right? Or at least not that has been observed to happen. I guess technically, but sure. But yeah. also, yeah, it seems like a it seems like a pretty dramatic rarity.
0: And then that no one else in the area, because they had someone spotting the lighthouse, so. I forget it. Robert McKenzie wouldn't have said, oh, yeah, by the way, I also saw the biggest wave that any human being has ever seen. That might have something to do with the guys you're looking
1: for. Yeah. Although he would have had to have been watching, like, in the exact moment. But it seems kind of far-fetched to me that, like, that just a giant wave, that perfectly timed. You know, another thing about it, too, is I have to imagine, yes, these dudes' job is to... Secure the equipment like we talked about one of them at one point got fined like five shillings because He was working a shift and some equipment got washed away. That should have been secured That should have been secured and they're like dude like you fucking up He got he got a pink slip or whatever you want to call it I feel like yeah, it's super important not to get doc shillings and you definitely are gonna like want need those ropes and also, if it's real bad, you just fucking go inside, you know? Like, if, if if you're seeing a storm that's that intense and there's that much waves, I feel like those dudes aren't going to put their lives on the line to save some fucking rope.
0: Well, I think the idea with the the giant wave is that it's it was what's called a rogue wave. So it wouldn't have been that there were wave after wave uh, at 100 feet high coming in that they would have been able to see and predict and react to. Basically, several smaller waves can align in phase due to either the currents underneath the, the ocean or the shape of the, of the seabed. And so you might have three 30-foot waves compressed into one 90-foot wave that you wouldn't be able to predict. And that would be anomalous even under those conditions and those have been documented before. And that's like when we talk about the 62 or the possibly 95 foot waves, those are quote unquote rogue waves. Got it. So it wasn't that the sea was
1: consistently dealing out 90, 91, 91, 93, 95, 30,
0: 40, 30, 50. And then it shoots 95. Yeah. I mean,
1: it seems possible that that would it would catch them off guard if that's what had happened. I suppose, like it was like a kind of a gnarly thunderstorm, but it wasn't. It didn't seem like it was too dangerous for them to be out there, so they were just going about their biz, collecting ropes, and all of a sudden it was like, oh shit! Yeah, I guess. But then it doesn't explain why all three of them were there. It also doesn't explain to me too. I mean, I guess I I don't have a an exact visual for it, but if you're if you're in a lighthouse in the middle of a storm how well how well would dude number 3 in the lighthouse even have been able to see those guys i mean it seems like it's pretty far away yeah
0: i don't know if he would have
1: had a a line of sight or who knows
0: so then it is a small island and you're uh, the lighthouse was quite
1: high i guess what i'm trying to say is if you're 70 feet up in the air you might be able to see the whole island that's true i guess what i'm trying to say is like if we think Rain gear's inside because dude number three doesn't want to leave and he's manning the lighthouse for whatever that's worth. Say he's up in the top, he sees dudes one and two, sees a rogue wave shoot up and like grab these dudes. So his immediate reaction then is run downstairs, don't grab your rain gear, run outside, and then what? I mean, did he get? Did another rogue wave happen? Did he? Or maybe he goes down even further to try and help them pull and them back in. Maybe he's actually. Maybe he actually or... dives
0: in. Who? I, I don't know. I guess. Who knows? Let's talk about the really fucking weird and fun explanations, though. Because <laughs> I think some version of what you just said is probably most likely. Maybe maybe uh, the two primary light keepers, or the primary and the assistant, go down to secure the gear. Somebody, one of the two of them falls in or gets taken by a wave or something bad happens. They slip down the stairs. The second one runs inside yelling at MacArthur, hey, I need your help. He doesn't know what's going on or he knows that something serious is going on and it has to happen. He has to react quickly. Right. So he runs out without his gear. And then whatever happened, the first dude also happens to the other two, whether it's a wave or whether it's wind or... or. I think that's the most likely explanation. Yeah. But people have suggested all kinds of other ones. Of course they have. Uh the first well, let's go with the we'll work our way up to from less weird to most <laughs> weird. Okay. Uh stop number two on, on that on the weird train? Yeah, on the weird train is somebody murdered somebody. Or yeah. somebody well, I guess rather somebody murdered everybody.
1: <laughs> including <laughs> including themselves. Sometimes sure. it's not your night, man. <laughs> someone murdered everyone including themselves which has happened yeah there
0: there is a, a precedent of lightkeepers offing each other or themselves and or themselves which i totally get it, <laughs> it hey you know sometimes you got to murder so, i
1: mean is a thing i never uh, should have said out loud I mean, in a public <laughs> space this this podcast is obviously parody and comedy <laughs> no comments should be taken seriously um The circumstances are extremely mentally trying. Yes. And there is a wide variety of cases of people who have been mentally tried a little bit too far. And they cracked under the lifestyle and the pressure and the isolation, et cetera. It
0: is part of the reason that they switched from, they used to have two light keepers. It's part of the reason they switched to three. Because there's a huge difference between being
1: stuck with one other person and being stuck with two other people. Right you can't slowly plot a dude's demise in the same lighthouse without another guy being like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Dan, what are you doing? Put it down. Well, put and it down.
0: Just having an option of who you talk to or interact with, yeah, even real. if it's just that guy or that guy, right. probably goes a long way in keeping you sane. It's like, or you can, you can talk to that guy about
1: that guy <laughs> right, and right. vice versa. Talk, just throw shade at each other yeah. while they're outside taking a pee.
0: So the idea is that One of the three guys murdered the other two, and then I I guess
1: killed himself. I mean, murder suicides definitely a thing in the world. There's
0: there's no evidence, literally none, to support that. So he would have, he would have had to kill them without using any sort of tool of any kind. I mean, it's a island full
1: of rocks. I mean, if you okay, but then there would have been blood. There would have been... Not if there's a massive rainstorm out there. That shit will wash away pretty quick. Okay, then you got to get rid of two bodies. Yeah, you got to ocean. Kick them in. You got to sink them, though, don't you? Wouldn't they just wash right back? Eh, I feel like on an island like that, I feel like those things... I mean, stuff's getting carried in and out all the time. Right. And yeah, but I mean, I, I don't think... I, I feel like a body isn't going to last more than... I mean, I don't know. 48 hours. Think about and getting then, eaten by fishies. And, and then he kills himself
0: and somehow perfectly disposes of his own body as well?
1: He, he just ran off the back end of the island. He just ran opposite from the lighthouse until he went just swan diving into the North Atlantic. I guess. I, I feel like there would be some
0: evidence somewhere. That something went wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And they wouldn't have I don't know. You're going to do the dishes and make your bed before you kill everybody uh, it just seems there was uh, yeah. there was no evidence that there was any
1: sort of struggle or that anything was out of the ordinary in any way and in none of the logbooks or journals were they like hey uh dave's acting weird again well, or i don't know if it would have been i'm not sure that's, that's something true. you would put in a, a, a formal I suppose report. it was a shared logbook that dude would come downstairs one day and be like dude what did you write about me in the right. logbook man
0: and I think, I mean, it's supposed to be a, a formal professional report anyway. Yeah, I suppose. Be like, MacArthur's been a real d He <laughs> Use my spoon again today. Yeah. So I I don't know. I guess it's, it's
1: possible. It doesn't seem likely to me. It does seem like a long shot that uh, a murder-suicide between three dudes who pretty much know each other, also, under the conditions of a stormy day, two of them were in their rain gear. One of them wasn't. I don't know. Just yeah, it it it's doesn't. Good. MacArthur went down there and just pushed the two of them in, and then dove in after him. Yeah, you right. Know? Yeah, no, I get it. It's it's it seems it seems like not the way things would probably go. All
0: right, uh, we're gonna skip a few stops and hop on the express <laughs> weirdness train.
1: Are there are there other weird stops in between that we haven't covered yet?
0: No, I'm just saying there's a big gap between. Oh, I see. Stop two and stop three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before we do, I think it's important to note that there is a lot of weird folklore and mythology around the
1: North Atlantic in general.
0: Yeah, and specifically the the Outer Hebrides. Oh, sure. Because it's so isolated, and because there has been, even though it's been intermittent, there's been civilization there for five thousand plus years. That's so crazy. Yeah. So I'm gonna hit some of the highlights quickly. Yes, of, of the the Outer Hebrides folklore. Sweet, which includes mermaids. Awesome. There is allegedly a mermaid's grave on one of the islands. Excuse me, the mermaid was excuse me, bitch <laughs> was killed in the early 19th century after having been seen for a couple days before a teenage boy threw a rock at it, killing the entity.
1: Bro, God, it's <laughs> totally something a teenage boy would do, isn't it? it's mermaid, start rocking! I it. bet I can hit it. Oh, shit! I was right. So, oh, I was too right. I was too right. Dig a hole. Yeah,
0: they said that it was the, the the upper part was the size of a child, while the bottom part was like a
1: salmon. And they oh. buried it somewhere
0: on on one of the islands.
1: Oh, that's that's a creepy image. Like a little mermaid is so much creepier than a big yeah. mermaid, right? <laughs>
0: young young baby salmon <laughs> man. <laughs> My new rap name. Young ba- <laughs> <laughs> so, in young addition Bass. to mermaids, young baby salmon men, there
1: were uh, the blue men
0: of the minch. Which
1: were, uh, why is that funny? How is that a real, the blue men of the minch? Yeah. That doesn't, I just, it's funny because it doesn't even sound like a remotely real thing.
0: Oh, they're, well, they have a myth about blue men who would swim up to, to boats in the ocean and just start drumming on them and paint would fly
1: everywhere. No,
0: not the fucking not the blue man group
1: I watched your face get what I was (laughs) doing and just get so upset I just wish I hadn't that's that's
0: all that was I wish I didn't get that joke or whatever Uh, you want to call that in, in traditional folklore they have the power to create storms but when the weather is fine they just float around on the surface of the water trying to sink ships Take move, heroes. Yep. Uh, they would swim up to to passing ships. They would rise up out of the water and shout two lines of poetry at the captain of the <laughs> ship. If if the captain could not add two lines to complete <gasps> the verse, they would sink his ship. <laughs> no way. So they basically poetry just,
1: death match. Yeah, bro. they just
0: swam around like
1: freestyle battling people to the death. <laughs> It's mermaid grind time. They weren't mermaids. They were blue men. Oh, but they could still swim in like yeah, the were, water and live were, in the water? Yeah, they're magical. It seems a little mermish.
0: Okay. This is probably my favorite of all of the myths. Okay. The Shoni was a, a Celtic water spirit. And in order to appease the spirit, you have to walk out into the ocean carrying a cup of beer. As in walk on water into the ocean? No, just, you know. Wade your ass out there. Okay. You have to carry a cup of beer with you, and you have to yell, "Shoni, I give thee this cup of ale, hoping that thou wilt be so great as to send us plenty of seaweed.
1: <laughs> Can we get Mason to sing that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. The idea being that the seaweed was used as fertilizer, and if you appealed to the Shoni with free beer, it would grant you fertilizer. Got it the classic, I'll dump beer into you if you give me some seaweed yeah, trade.
1: Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Just like all the prayers I have every night.
0: Uh huh. They have lots of, uh, you know, being island people, they have lots of uh, myths of lake and sea monsters. Mm. You know, the, the Scots have Loch Ness. Nessie. They got Nessie. There was, in 1882, a report of a sea serpent that was 40 meters
1: in length. In what year, eighteen eighty-two? I thought you said nineteen eighty-two, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's so recent." People have very recent Loch Ness
0: sightings still. That's real, but yeah, lots of you know sea monsters and stuff. There's also Willow the Wisp, which is a ghost light that uh, is often seen over like uh, it's seen inland, not out on the ocean. Yeah, but it will uh, flicker and try and get your attention. And then draw you out to sea to your death. Sweet. (laughs) Yep.
1: Dude, all of these creatures are mad evil, bro. None of them have Uh, a a good bone in their body. They're just trying to fuck with you and fuck your whole shit up.
0: And then the last one,
1: uh, we have Ghost Dogs. Great movie. (laughs) Great movie. Have you seen Ghost Dog? No. Oh, dude, Forrest Whitaker plays a badass samurai, dude. It's amazing. What the fuck is this movie about? Yeah, dude, see Ghost Dog. Are there actual ghost doggos? I've seen a movie Spencer hasn't <laughs> seen! No, it's, it's just Forrest no. Whitaker being a badass for like an hour and a half. There are actual ghost dogs that just run around the beach fucking with people. Okay. I don't think they try
0: and kill anybody. They're just
1: lonely. <laughs> just grab you by the arm and slowly drag you down the steps <laughs> into the ocean.
0: <laughs> it's
1: playing tug-of-war with your life.
0: Not to say that any of that is tied necessarily to the, the Flannon Isles lighthouse thing.
1: But they got some stories about weird shit happening. But this is the the bigger atmosphere that all of this is happening in. Right. So
0: if you were to ask locals about it, some of them might say, oh, well, it was the Shoney, or it was the, uh, the Blue Men, or it right, was right. etc.
1: He's like, of course the big wave doesn't make any sense. It's the fucking ghost dogs that got them. Right.
0: <laughs> Just to say that they're traditionally very, uh, it, it's Part of their culture, yeah. In it sounds like a, a more everyday
1: way than our folklore is, yeah, yeah, a little more um, widely accepted yeah. as part of the real world. Along those lines, one of my favorite explanations, yeah,
0: is that the three men turned into birds, <laughs> <laughs> it was not. It was not in his initial report, but a- allegedly Joseph Moore later told people and including Meerhead, that when he got to the island, there were three black like, crows on the lighthouse that flew away when he opened the door. My, and my- he suspected that those might be the three men or some ghost bird version
1: of the three men. My favorite part about that take is that there's nothing that says... This is how or why they turned into birds. It's just there was right. three birds here, so it was probably those. That's dudes. what I'm
0: saying. They're just down for some random ass folklore, whether
1: <laughs> it makes sense or not. That's not even folklore. That's just sometimes people turn into animals like, <laughs> yeah. we is, accept this as our truth. <laughs> this is part of our life. There are no
0: men. there are three birds. Well, obviously the three men turned into
1: birds. But was it showing the light? No, they just and turned into we're birds. Done. <laughs> we're done here. put it put in the report. That's what that's what the the report should have read. Yeah. What I believe happened after a careful study is they're birds now. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm
0: done here. I am leaving so that I do not turn into a bird. <laughs> it is weird that there would be cuz I don't think crows usually fly 80 miles off of uh, mainland. So that would be an odd notable thing if that did indeed happen. Yeah, although it I doesn't have... mean that people turned into birds. But right. It doesn't mean they didn't I I <laughs> Well, it
1: might. It actually might. (laughs) I have heard too that, um, especially with some of the bigger steamers, sometimes bird species that aren't supposed to be where they are will Mm -hmm. hang on steamers for hundreds Mm -hmm. or thousands of miles because sometimes there's fish and food and people and all that stuff. Right. Sometimes birds eat people. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) for sure. Definitely. Given enough time, dude, for sure they will. Uh,. I'm trying to decide what order to,
0: to go at the rest of these really weird ones at. Okay.
1: I, I think wanna, I, I think
0: I think sea monsters might actually be the
1: least weird of the remaining options. Yeah, we gotta we gotta go this route at the end. Which route? I'm doing a hand signal dispenser so we don't ruin it. I don't know what that means, but I'm I'll gonna, let you I'll let you take mount-
0: the I'll let you take the wheel. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end. Right. Yes. Okay. All yeah, right. I'm working towards that. Don't worry. <laughs> good, Don't worry. Good. I'm just trying to find the right order between birds, On and the weird sea trend. monsters, and curses and yeah. stuff. Yeah.
1: I did see actually one, uh, one take about it was a folklore thing that there are some giant birds in Scottish folklore, and someone was like, maybe a giant bird scooped him up. Thunderbird. Pterodactyl. Might have been a thunderbird. We gotta do a thunderbirds episode. We'll do it. Yeah.
0: We can tie it into the the dinosaurs is uh, leading the way on our poll right now. Hey, so. shout
1: out to the What If Podcast Facebook group uh, yeah. and Gabriel Zero's out there. Uh, if if y'all want to, quick sidebar, if y'all want to vote on or suggest topics, there's an open poll where you can either vote on things people have already suggested or you can go add your own suggestion.
0: And it's actually where this episode came from.
1: <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. And I think at least one other one, or, or if not our, um, our bonus episodes that we do in our Patreon, uh, patreon.com what if podcast see they also show up in there um so yeah so hop in the Facebook group it's in or we have to accept you but you can just go find the we accept group. everyone we accept everyone without even thinking about it um all right but that, yeah come suggest stuff next up Nessie did it
0: which I, sure uh, yeah I, I, I so they went down to the landing. And then and a sea beast just nabbed whoops, him. Oops, ate you. And maybe it knocked over the railings on its way or something.
1: Oh, maybe it was a really big sea monster. Yeah. Then <laughs> I, I guess. And the I, last dude was on the railing at the lighthouse, just so in shock at what he was seeing as Nessie ate his compatriot. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't explain anything. When like, was the first sighting of the Loch Ness Monster? What year was ooh, that? That's a great
0: question. Sorry. Uh, fourteen ninety two. No way.
1: I don't know. It has to,
0: it has to be. Let's later, see.
1: I mean, like the the quintessential photo was the first,
0: yeah, encounter, wasn't it? Oh, the earliest report of a monster in the vicinity of Loch Ness, I was off by about a thousand years. Oh, damn! Appeared in five sixty five A.D. No
1: way. Yep. Yeah. What? All right, we got to do a Loch Ness episode too because that already is blowing my mind. And then know, the, the
0: the most the modern version. Uh, goes back to the the 30s. Okay, trying to see when that. Oh, and that famous photo looks like it's from 34.
1: Okay, I knew it was pretty old, I didn't know how far either
0: 565 or 1933, depending (laughs) on who you ask,
1: give or take 1500 (laughs) years. Yeah, you
0: know, I don't know. Sea monster, sure, I guess. Yeah, I I, it doesn't explain anything for me. Yeah, shockingly, sea monsters,
1: (laughs) not not a valid explanation
0: for most things. Uh,
1: all right. I don't know which one of these. Oh, abducted by sky folk. As, wait, was that the bird uh, thing that I heard? Is it, but in a different. No, they mean aliens. Oh, okay. W- why do they call them sky folk? Because <laughs> it's part of the
0: weird Scottish folklore. They call them sky folk.
1: They just, nothing is weird to them. No. Oh, you mean the people in the sky? Yeah, yeah. they just take people off lighthouses. So they it's have no big stories deal.
0: about if people go, and, and one of the, uh, Part of the rationale was that they built something too high, and the sky folk got them.
1: Oh, oh. <laughs>
0: That that land was supposed to be flat, and you built something seventy-five feet tall, and well, obviously the sky folk
1: got you. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, th- there's there's an alien abduction angle to this one as well. That again, like it's fun, but
1: yeah. I didn't say this earlier, and this isn't exactly on the weirdness train, but it did it did seem odd to me that. This thing had been functioning for less than a year before everyone on the island went missing. And someone died, the foreman died while building it. That's right. I read that. And another guy later Die, he, died. He He fell off the lighthouse or something and died from the fall or something like and that. And it was like a year later, though. Yeah. So within
0: five years, five people died at that lighthouse. Which is- Assuming that those three guys died. Yeah. And Which they, is... they aren't just in another dimension somewhere. <laughs> Partying. Yeah.
1: It is weird to me too because for the five years leading up to it, from 95 or ninety five or yeah, ninety five to ninety nine, yeah, those four or five years there, yeah, they were building it. People were working on it. There was crew, and you know, I mean, yeah, the foreman died though. Well, right, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, if if there had been anything particularly strange going on, or Heads up, there's massive 100-foot waves that happen every once in a while. Oh, uh, right. they have been there for four years. They, they might have noticed. They been there for four years. Maybe they would have noticed some sort of anomaly about the island well, and or the weather. Some people had been there for thousands of years. Right. But I just mean more recently, right up to when it was opened, right. you would think that over that period of time, something would have been noticed that was- Hey, by the way, don't go to that landing. Yeah. yeah. It gets wet a lot, and sometimes it's going to suck you into the ocean if you go down there. Right. You know, nine months after it opens up, they're just like, oops, dead. Yeah,
0: I think we're at the point where you take the wheel on the strangest of all the strange explanations.
1: <laughs> um, I think I we've think arrived
0: at the supernatural little people.
1: I think it's pronounced "lusburden." Okay, there's another. How do you spell that? Uh, there one spelling is L U S B I R D A N. Okay, An- another version is less Pardon, which is L U S P A R D A N. Okay. And they are These are a Scottish word that best translates to pygmies. Okay. So We're talking people though, right? Uh well? The,
0: but, but not like pygmy you know, they're pygmy elephants and stuff. We're talking some sort of humanist humanish yes, thing.
1: Yes, my my well is because there are some people who also think that the less pardon are fairies. Oh, okay. So, depends on how you sure, sure. De- determine whether those are people or not. Basically, there's... Uh, I consider
0: fairies to be people.
1: Okay, I'm with that. Um, there's a guy named David McRitchie, who is a semi-famous euhemerist, which is a new word to me, E-U-H-E-M-E-R-I-S-T. One who studies fairies? Uh, No, actually, euhemerism is the belief that all folklore originates in some sense of reality so that they are exaggerated stories, but they come from a thing. There's a a grain of truth somewhere. Right. So McRitchie. I can get with that. Yeah. So McRitchie has this whole thing about uh, fairies in the United Kingdom and about how he thinks that basically the, uh, the origin, the Uhemerist origin is that, Pygmy people, so very small people, the thousands and thousands of years leading up to now were living in and around the islands of Scotland and just generally in the UK, and that they would be responsible for a lot of the belief in fairies in that world because there were in fact small little bearded people who were running around and being seen.
0: I gotta imagine way back in history, seeing anyone with any sort of difference. Yeah. Would have been way more shocking. Totally, because there's so many things that you just wouldn't know about, right? Any uh, seeing a little person for the first time would probably be really shocking. Yeah, if you if that was not a thing you were aware of in the world, totally. Especially if it was a new location and it was mostly or all little people. Yeah, like that would be
1: really surprising. If you were exploring an island in, you might
0: think something weird was going on. That
1: would be pretty strange. Yeah. So some people say that there is a possibility that the Lasperdin were a pygmy tribe that lived in these islands. What does that have to do with the guys disappearing, though? I don't get the connection. The connection is that they built a lighthouse on land that belonged to the pygmy people. And they're cursed because they disrupted their space. And is there... Is there evidence of this, pig, of these pygmy people? Some people have said that on the surrounding islands, they their have found powers. small bones <laughs> and their magical powers, uh, small bones, but small bones could mean a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily... Small it, human bones? Well, I mean... Like, what do you want? Children? To, depends on what... A <laughs> lot of dead kids on these islands. <laughs> That's just pretty creepy and probably curse-worthy. <laughs> the seven hunters were hunting kids Gross. on these islands. Um... Isn't there also a weird,
0: uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's, like, one structure on the island, and it's, a uh, like, a chapel or something? On Ellion Moore? Yeah. Oh. There's an old, I think it's a stone chapel. That, oh, yeah, I did see that. That is not attributed to, and like, they don't know who built it or when, necessarily. There
1: was, yeah, there was, like, um, there was some suspicion that it belonged to, I can't remember now, that it was, like, some monk or something had had traveled out there and set it up and he lived there in isolation or something. So that's
0: not related to this this pygmy idea?
1: It certainly could be. I'm 100% willing to entertain that that was just a theory that had given, but there was no proof that that was who built it and when, and that, in fact, that was How a... How big is it? Church of, the, <laughs> church of the Little People's. How big are the doors? Not very big. <laughs> just just the right size for a Lesbardin pygmy person it's to travel in and three out Three-foot door openings. Okay. Uh... I guess. Yeah, I mean... And, uh, with curses,
0: I'm always like, I. if you believe in curses, then... Then this totally I, works. That probably works yeah. for you. And if you don't, then I'm sure it doesn't work for you. It's not a language I speak, but... Yeah. Um, but then yeah, again... Uh, that concept of... I think the more interesting thing about that, if it were true, is that there would be a group of people that we are not aware of.
1: Yeah, right. Well, that are, that are magical in nature would also add a...
0: Well, right, but I, <laughs> I'm assuming that that's not what happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's literally no evidence to suggest that it is, no. right? No. Okay. No. So this is on the same level as the, as a, the alien as abduction. As the blue men and, and yes. <laughs> the yes. Blue man group and blue man group. The sky folk.
1: I mean, although if you put the church in there and you go, why is there a church out here that, again, I actually don't think was very big? Plus, you have the Stonehenge on the other island. Maybe the pygmies were responsible for. You know,
0: there's a history of uh, sacrifice in in Scotland, and sometimes they would take people to those islands to sacrifice them. Whoa. I'm going to try and find out how big this structure chapel thing was. Okay.
1: Let's see. Because this could be the funnest theory of them all, is that if it's the Lesbardian people uh, were... uh... Let's see. Are you finding a picture of it? I'm trying to. Yeah. If we find a if we find a picture of the of the chapel on the island, we'll put it on whatifpodcast.com. Okay, so it's it's regular sized. Damn. So it wasn't the little people. Well, I mean, it might have been. It might have been. I don't know, man. I nah, think the door's kind of short though. <laughs> the Door only goes like halfway up the wall. <laughs> yeah. It might be. It might be them. It might be. It might be their church. We can visit there. They have a, a tourism department. How do you get out there? Take a boat. Oof. It's a, I suppose that lighthouse is still functional.
0: Yeah. It's just all automated now, so no one has to live out there. But but they go check it out and make sure it's cool every once oh yeah, in a while. Yeah, I think it's like a, a day trip you can take from
1: Scotland. Damn, that would be so intense. It's 80 miles.
0: It's not that far.
1: That'd be a long ass boat ride though, wouldn't it? 80 miles by ship. I don't think so. Take an hour and a half, a couple hours. Whoa.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to put some photos up here because this, damn, is it intimidating. Yeah, dude, the whole terrain is just like. I just found one that I hadn't seen before that gets the entire island
1: in one frame.
0: Oh. And boy, does it look small and lonely.
1: Yikes. Well, unfortunately, uh, it was small and lonely, and that was the last way that those three gentlemen Felt before. Maybe,
0: maybe they joined the sky folk for eternity.
1: Maybe they joined the sky folk. For that's what I'm going with. I'm
0: going with sky folk on this one.
1: All right. You got too tall. Sorry. We, we got to take you. <laughs> never, never get too tall. Dude, I'm 6'5, bro. That's the scariest. Maybe, the maybe scary it's place. a
0: combination of maybe the, Oh, here we go I'm with it I'm, I'm on it I see where you're going okay the sky folk <laughs> made an arrangement with the pygmy people and that's why the pygmy people lived on the island because they're like hey man just letting you know if you get above a certain point yep. if you get above 48 inches we're taking you on a ride <laughs> you're the, coming with
1: us <laughs> it's the very opposite of you must be this tall to ride except not the no, opposite no it, it's at exactly all. that if you <laughs> get this tall you're
0: coming with us so stay down there you're fine build your tiny chapels it's we'll be leave you alone scary. <laughs> You build any lighthouses, (laughs) gotcha. You're getting swooped. Yep. Snatched. Solved it. We solved it. I think this is the first one we've ever solved Um, of all our what-if questions. (laughs) We also never asked a question in the entire episode.
1: We're slipping. We'll ask it in our title later. Sometimes it's not Um, your night, man. Yeah. Yeah. all right, man. I think that's gonna do it for us. That's it. We got a few announcements just to wrap things up at the end. Uh go join the what if podcast group if you haven't done that. We also mentioned in that same breath uh our Patreon where we do uh special extra episodes. There's like three or four up there now, I think. We do video we'll of some of our shows. Stuff. Um we're gonna keep doing more stuff. That's at patreon.com slash what if podcast. And we thought
0: we were done with that survey, but uh-oh. Yeah, we, yeah. Go for just please yeah. I'll, like I'll do whatever random favor you guys want. Just like, I don't know. Tweet hey. tweet at us whatever you would like in exchange for filling out a 20-second survey. And if I can possibly make it happen, I will. Go to whatifpodcast.com slash survey. Yep. I would love to stop asking you guys to do this. Yes. It'll take you 20 seconds. Yep. It will help us immensely. The we'll thing, be able to keep making podcasts. The, Life will be great for everyone.
1: And the thing about it, I'm totally gonna, I'm totally gonna pull a, like principal rank on you guys right now. I know how many of you there are that are listening to this <laughs> show, and it is considerably more than have filled out that survey. Uh, so don't shame our listeners. I don't, it's feeling- not shame. It's, it's this a- is considered a dick move. <laughs> It's not shaming. It's saying there are a bunch of you who last time when we were like there, you thought, oh, somebody else will do it and they'll get there. No oh, problem. Right, no, right. we're talking to you. We really need you to go do it. Uh, Whatitpodcast.com slash survey. And uh, again, it'll help us out a lot. And if, and if you don't,
0: next week's episode is just going to be this. Heck, heck, <laughs> heck, heck. heck. For 70 minutes. That's it. That's all you're getting (laughs) for 70 minutes. And I'm going to force you guys
1: clockwork orange (laughs) style to listen to it. Uh, shit. Um, otherwise, check us out at whatifpodcast.com or you can send us an email at hi at com. We've been getting some nice emails from y'all, which we always appreciate. What up, Dino? What up, Dino? <laughs> Thanks for the episode suggestion. You gotta tell me more
0: about what you want the Vatican to be, though, bro. I don't, I, you just said the Vatican. I, hey, that's, I'll that's, do a what if. You're asking a
1: lot there. I'll do a what if about the Vatican. The Vatican's yeah, crazy, man. We gotta get specific, though. We do, we do. Um, but right. yeah, any suggestions or if you want to tell us we're dumb or tell us you love us, uh, hi at whatifpodcast.com. And we out. And we out this piece. We'll see you next week. Whoa, baby boy. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com.
0: Okay, holy shit, you guys. <laughs> We've never done this before, but this this calls for drastic measures. We
1: said goodbye, but we're here when we're back.
0: We were doing some Googling uh, to see just how serious and small and terrifying the, the Alien Moore Island is, and we found a picture of the chapel, and holy shit, it's tiny. It's tiny, you guys. <laughs> the door is little. It's like three
1: feet tall. There might literally have little people in it. Oh, my God. All right. all right. We now solved you, it. Now I'm you declaring- have to go to whatitpodcast.com, because we're putting this photo in on the website
0: i'm declaring this one solved and we're going full like buzzfeed headline with it that we solved this fucking mystery the (laughs) laspartan the laspartan had an agreement with the sky people there it is done Uh, and done all right okay bye we'll see you next week